to The Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. Keeping an eye on her won't do any good because she'll be invisible. Whitney Nelson. <laughs> That's me. And she doesn't know who the winner is going to be, but she wants to be close so she doesn't have to fight her way through the crowd. Lindsay Nelson joins us. It's just good planning, you know. <laughs> right. It makes sense, you know. The odds are in your favor. You might as well just sit in the front row. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Lindsay, thank you for joining us again. Very excited. I'm always excited to have a guest, but uh, I think for for these movies, if we can get somebody on for each of these in the trilogy, it'll be really neat mm-hmm. to see what everyone's reference point is for this one. I think you you yeah. had both seen this before, right? If I'm not mistaken. I have seen this before. Yes. I was shocked. Yeah. To, I, when we talked about it, I didn't th- know if I had or not because I didn't remember anything about it. I remembered everything about it in retrospect when it was happening. I, for some reason, this one stuck yeah. more than any of the other Dexter Riley movies. So Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, all of the visuals and scenes, I remembered all of it. This is like the first movie we've I've ever revisited f- for this podcast or for Cool Breeze that I actually remembered. <laughs> it came crashing back to you like it was it did. vivid uh, flashbacks like The Fugitive <laughs> or something. You're like, oh, yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, did you? You said? Yeah, I had seen it once uh, a very long time ago. Not since then. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, because I was curious to see, you know, how it uh, stacked up versus my memory. Uh, I have to say, a shocking amount of golf that I did not remember at all. <laughs> uh, seemingly out of nowhere. And <laughs> like so much golf in this movie. Right. And in, in no way furthers the story. It no. doesn't make a lick. So the I, first go around of golf, I'm like understood. The second uh-huh. go around. It gets them into the contest, yeah. I guess. <laughs> barely. <laughs> I mean, but like, it's so long. It's so much longer than that sequence needed to be. That gag for me, we'll get to it, but that gag for me yeah. went on so long that it actually became funny again. There was a period it where I was, I, was, I was groaning. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. And then it, it just got like he shook it out of the tree. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do our uh, housekeeping stuff up top as always. And then we'll let Lindsay tell us why we're here. So. As always, um, I like to mention you can find our podcast at 12and24.com. That's 12and24.com. You can email us, KurtLockerPod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at KurtLockerPod. You can also join us on Discord and chat in real time. It's been popping recently. I I love Mm -hmm. it. Every time I go on, there's more stuff for me to read. It's great. That's uh, 12and24.com slash Discord. You can also, in your podcast client, if it supports it, just tap on the artwork right now as you're listening. And it will take you there, which is just, just, it. just magic, just magic. Fancy. And then finally, if you want to support us with just a moment of your time, you could share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, do all that stuff. It's great to it's great to say that we're a five star podcast uh, week because we are because Woo-hoo. we change hearts and minds. It's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> I love it. You love to see it. So uh, that's very helpful. And that's a thing you could do for free. You don't got to worry about nothing. So if you have time, do that. Lindsay, if you would, I would love for you to tell everyone why we're here today. 
Absolutely. Today we are talking about the film Now You See Him, Now You Don't, the second chapter in the Dexter Riley trilogy. And the plot synopsis from IMDb is a chemistry student invents a spray that makes its wearer invisible. A crook finds out about it and plans to steal it for himself, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is kind of the plot. (laughs) It feels. Uh, But this movie was written by Joseph L. McEvetti. Yeah, uh, I don't think directed we've ever by Robert it. Butler. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, co-starring alongside Kurt Russell are Cesar Romero, Joe Flynn, Jim Backus, William Wyndham, and most of the rest of the cast of the Computer War Tennis Shoes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Whitney, what did the critics and audience have to say about it? Well, critically, it has an eighty percent uh, score. On Rotten Tomatoes with Whoa. the critics. Wow. What? With the audience, however. <laughs> Surprising. With the audience, however, it's a 57% score. Um, so. Parentheses, it, too much golf. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, a much bigger critical hit than a audience hit, which and a pretty large disparity between the two numbers, which I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. Um. TV Guide reviewed it, and they have not attributed a writer to this review, mm-hmm. but TV Guide set, gave it three out of five stars and said, benefiting from some spot from some fine special effects, this fast-moving comedy ought to please any family. Uh, and okay. Okay. user Bobby H. gave it three out of five stars and says, it's a good family flick and something to watch while you're bored or if you've never seen it prior. I personally would not watch it more than once or twice, but it's worth a peek or two and a good one for the children, even with its age. There's, Hmm. uh, grammatically, that sentence, I mean, you read it perfectly, but grammatically, there's so much that I... uh, I didn't like about... That's incorrect about it? Yes. I I didn't (laughs) want to correct it. Because it's not my, it, I had to, you know, stay true to the source material, but oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are not going to editorialize other people's comments. Right. You won't know which version of your he used, you know, or peak for that matter. Uh, spoiler alert, the wrong one. The, but, <laughs> the wrongest yes. wrong peak, you could do. Wrong your. <laughs> Whitney, I'm very excited. I have a new segment here. I think it's going to be pretty short. But I went ahead and I made some theme music for it. And I would love to, I'm not a, I'm not a, a a DJ, you know, I I don't have that skill set, but I know my way around Logic Pro. So with your, Mm -hmm. with your permission, I'd like to play this 30 second intro to this segment that we may never use again. I don't know. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Here it is. A brief moment of, is he hot in this one? Uh, <laughs> you just want to know what movies is too pretty in. That's a heavy burden for me alone to bear. Maybe just his character in the last one bugged me enough that I didn't think he was as dreamy. He's very dreamy in this film. <laughs> is he hot in this one? So this segment... <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm just pretty I'm, self-explanatory. I'm just workshopping it. I'm thinking, <laughs> is he hot in this one? No. What? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Is, are you, I am not. All right. Case closed. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. 
Not in this one. I am shocked. I am I am I am honestly shocked. Why? What happened? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think part of it was his character's a little bit more goobery in this one, but also I think it's the hair. I think a lot oh. of it hinges on the hair and the length of the hair and the style of the hair, which means I'm going to be very confused when it gets to mullet time <laughs> <laughs> for Kurt Russell because uh-huh. traditionally I don't believe I enjoy mullets, but I definitely think that I'm going to think that he's dreamy coming up. But uh, yeah, no, in this one he was uh, hotter as the first Dexter Riley than he is as this Dexter Riley. You know, you're... you're it's 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 tough to nail you down sometimes because I would have mm-hmm. guaranteed that this one would have been it because I nope. I had thought about this segment uh, maybe too much but w- certainly while watching <laughs> this movie right and, I, uh-huh. and it, just a, a question you know like you'll be watching a movie and you might be asking yourself about like maybe the hero's journey or the character's wants and desire you know like what you know what makes this movie good or bad I was mm-hmm. asking like will Whitney think that he is hot in this one. Mm-hmm. And I thought the answer was going to be yes, especially you see him driving in the dune buggy on the tarmac and his guns mm-hmm. are, you know, uh, but hey. Mm-hmm. I... <sighs> that was the most attractive he was in the movie. Okay. When he was on the tarmac in the dune buggy. So you're not wrong in that regard. And also he's an attractive person. Sure. Like he's never going to be hideous to me. But if you're asking me, is he hot in this movie? The answer is no. Okay. All right. Uh, there we go. So, listeners, let us know if you dig this segment. Because <laughs> I'd really like to use that song more often if I can. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good song. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> I don't want to talk about how much time it took to do that, but <laughs> suffice it to say. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's amazing. I'll send it to I you. I mean, at this point, judging people's hotness is basically, you know, your life's work, right, Woody? I mean... Uh, more or less. If anyone yeah. can be an expert in it, I certainly qualify to I be know. an expert in the it. I know. The bona fides are established. It's it's done, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, with, so with that out of the way, uh, what did we think about this movie? I don't know who wants to start. Uh, I told you I have no notes or anything about this. I'm just going to kind of go off the cuff, but I would love to have a little conversation about it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it is fun. It is a very like Disney live action, you know, from the sixties and seventies feel to the whole plot and everything. It's not as charming as the computer wore tennis shoes. Um, oh, interesting. And really. Oh yeah. You, you don't think mm-hmm. so? Um, I honestly, and I know that I've, you know, made a big deal about it, but that golf stuff really bogged it down. I mean, <laughs> I get that 20 minutes, that first scene is mm-hmm. 20 minutes and that's too much. You would get the point in 10 minutes. You do not have to do that for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. to have a second golf scene, although I am with Andrew that by the time he was trying to get the ball out of the ocean, the joke had kind of come <laughs> back around a little yes, bit for me. Yes, of course, yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, it just felt, this whole movie felt really aimless, which I do not think is what they were intending. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it just meandered a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. so I I like their dedication to hiding walkie talkies in flowers though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
and and covertly think, removing those said walkie-talkies as well. Well done. That was the yeah, best part yeah. of the movie, in my opinion, was the getting the walkie-talkie back so there can be no proof that they bugged the principal. That's it. I'm with you. And the high point should not Sorry. come in the first five minutes. Yeah. No, no, but that was that was very sort of like heisty with like you distract this person and I'll yeah. be over here and I'll do this thing and we'll swap the flowers and I liked that part quite a bit. It was less slapstick than the first one, which I appreciated, but it is also almost exactly the computer wore tennis shoes again. <laughs> it's like they basically remade the movie. I was shocked at how much. All of the story beats are the same. Yeah. The villain is the same. The villain's story beats are the same. Like going through it and how things happened and, you know, what sort of precipitated incidents and all of it is basically just remixing the computer or tennis shoes only with invisibility instead of smartness. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's why I found the first one more charming because this one felt really like overly familiar, you know, just retreading mm -hmm. so hard. And, um, yeah, I there's some of the friend stuff that I really liked. I liked the whole introduction to them in the lab scene with them going around and the one guy like measuring out cornflakes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that was uh, awesome. But <laughs> the sidekicks yeah, are as good in this one, even though a lot of the kids are different kids. The sidekicks are as good in this one as they were in the computer word ten issues. Just as far as like feeling like really whole, well-rounded characters for only having a few lines and being, you know, side parts. I feel like that was well mm -hmm. done again this time. Yeah. Yeah, the actor playing Skylar did a really good job, I thought, both as, like, being the caddy and when they were chasing the invisible car around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, he was from the Computer War Tennis Shoes. I remember him, right? I think he's the only, f like, teen Friend. young person in college that's yeah. the same but he was in the computer war tennis shoes i think yeah he had a much more substantial role in this one and i thought he he, he like roasted the challenge i thought it was pretty good so mm -hmm. this has this movie has set a precedent now uh that i i pretty much know what to expect from the strongest man in the world i believe right because like you had both said <laughs> it is almost beat for beat yeah the computer war tennis shoes and just swap the hijinks mm -hmm. out. I thought some of these uh, practical uh, effects for invisibility were like very funny and... Very funny and very smart. Yeah. And I thought a lot of the practical effects, I mean, you can tell that they're practical effects. There's a, a, a lot of them where you're like, okay, well, I could make this right now at home. Like, I know how this was sure. done. Um, <laughs> but they still hold up and they make... So they make them part of the story and part of the jokes, which I really enjoyed. And that's why I think this one, to me, is more entertaining just overall to watch than the computer war tennis shoes because there's a little bit less slapstick, but also the effects are more fun in this one. Because, I mean... As much as I like the, you know, looking into his ear and seeing a computer inside of his brain, <laughs> I think I think that this one was more fun to watch the sort of supernatural sciency hijinks in this one. Yeah, when they went to the the 
actual invisibility stuff. I was like, ooh, this looks mm-hmm. pretty rough. But all like yeah. we said, all the practical stuff, I was like, Mwah, chef's oh, kiss. Yeah, no, well when done. they're when they're when they are like going in and physically erasing the fingers or whatever. The fingers or <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the worst one was when he dropped the pencil into the solution and you could <laughs> so clearly see the edit. It was like yeah. I was like, what YouTuber edited this? Because Oh no. That also happened when the money, when the money appeared in the pool. Appeared the in the car pool. Was yes. gradual, but, <laughs> yeah, the but the money was like right on. There was no money, and yeah. then there was money. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. Although I did the scene where they were sneaking into Arno's office for the first time, and his shoes had become like he'd walk through a puddle, so his yeah. shoes were visible, and that the janitor was, really was like, "Great!" But I think that was all practical. I, think I don't that think that was too. like green screen. But nobody would reach down to grab tennis shoes like that. He grabbed no them one by the toes. Yeah, like you no, would go to definitely. put your hands in the shoes. And the way yes. he kept avoiding like checking for legs or ankles and just focused on the toes of the shoes got a little frustrating because it was so like yeah, not no, what anybody would do naturally. Clearly knows there's a person in those shoes. You can tell by the way that he approaches the shoes. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you step so on the shoes. Suspension of disbelief. It's is... the next logical step. Is to literally mm-hmm. step on the shoe. And then kick mm-hmm. the shoe. Right. Of course. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we thinking about Kurt in this movie specifically? I feel like he was like hamming it up a little bit more in this one for me mm-hmm. than in the computer war tennis shoes. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just the subject matter. I, I, I couldn't tell. Did I, Did either of you have a strong opinion about what he was doing on screen here? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a little bit more shallow. Like, um, I don't know. I th- This movie felt kind of like somebody wrote fan fiction about the computer war tennis shoes people. <laughs> it does. Um, and it does feel like that. So you get that there's, like, characteristics there and stuff that are hallmarks of the character of the person, but there's, like, it's, like, a little bit more flat and empty than, like, the, you know of somebody trying to basically just recreate the story with slightly different elements. Um, So, I mean, I don't think he was bad, but I definitely don't think he was good. Like, I feel like he could do more than he did in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I think that I liked him more in this one because he didn't make terrible decisions based on his newly acquired fame like he did in the first one. Mm -hmm. So just overall structure of the character, he was more likable in this one. But I do think that part of it is to do with the writing and the the character is more shallow. He doesn't really have any personality. He's driven by the events and not by what he wants or needs or desires in any way. So um, there, there definitely was a shallowness there. And I don't think that he... I don't think that he acted to his full potential what we like we've seen him do before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's part of the reason why, to me, he's not hot in this movie is that he did get a little bit hammier. And it seems like they all had fun making this movie. Like you get the sort of yeah. Ocean's Eleven like vibe of camaraderie <laughs> from the viewer's perspective. And so it, he clearly had fun making this movie, but I don't think that this is like the, you know, most tuned his instrument has ever been. Well put. Well put. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 
I I was most curious about whether there is a through line with these movies in terms of are they reckoning with what happened in the last one. So last mm-hmm. on our last episode, Whitney, you said that it's kind of like a Nancy Drew situation. And the, my mm-hmm. only counter argument is that he mentions that Mr. Arno had just gotten out of jail. And I don't know if it was so for there, the crime last a, time or that guy right. is just always in jail. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing is there's some potential like allusions to the last one, but there's really not a time period they don't talk about how long has elapsed yeah other than the fact that the kids are still all in college so you have a very narrow window that these movies could happen Mm -hmm. this could have happened three years before the last one or it could have happened six months after the last one or it could have happened 10 years after the last one we have no idea how long he was in jail for and if he was in jail before that. I assume he wasn't in jail before that because everyone thought he was a pillar of the community. But you could have stumbled across this movie and had no idea it was a continuation of a story, I think. Right. Yeah. I do. You... I, I still stand by that it's sort of like an anthology thing, like a Nancy Drew. It's the same characters. Mm-hmm. It's the same world. It's the same general time period. But they really don't, like... So far, I have seen nothing that's super sequential about them. All right. I'll buy that. I did find it very interesting. Like, the first one pivoted slightly around saving the college. Yeah. But it wasn't nearly as much about saving the college. This one was much more about saving the college. (laughs) And I think that, like, it was entirely about saving the college. Um, I think that that doesn't play well now. I think that college being, like prisons and that they're an industry that you know takes advantage of people to make the money for the people that they make the money for i think that's the biggest thing that's changed from when these movies came out to now is i'm like why are all of you spending all of this time and effort saving this college if it's going bankrupt go to a different school (laughs) yeah aren't you already paying them thirty six thousand dollars a semester right and that's the thing is they're not they're paying them like three hundred dollars yeah. For like two semesters. And so it's important to save the school, but it's not, they're not, none of them are going to be in debt forever. I'm like, go bankrupt and give me my money back. <laughs> you know, now I feel like it's very different in that they're just another sort of corporate cog in the machine and I can't imagine <laughs> students going this out of the way their way to save the school especially when they have an antagonistic yeah. relationship with the dean yeah. and also maybe just get the dean an accountant because they've needed exactly $50,000 <laughs> every year I think he's embezzling the money or something uh, what's what's going on with this 50000 like, you just need to not spend that $50,000 every year if every year that's what you need for the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Right, that, You're just yeah, not budgeting. Like that's not a surprise <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that that's coming. I uh-huh. mean, and the way at the end of this movie, they even set up, well, what are we going to do to get the $50,000 to save the school next year? I yeah. don't know. We'll think of it when we I'm get probably there. not going to accidentally invent that's... invisibility liquid <laughs> twice. <laughs> Damn it. I think that that's the part... Like at the very, very end where it's like the very last thing is how are we going to save the school next year with $50,000 that I really got upset about the students working this hard to save the school is it's like you should be worried about your education and the people giving it to you still being able to give it to you. Sure. 
But like, it's their responsibility to educate you. It is not your responsibility to win some prize that's $50,000 so the school can stay on its property. Yeah. Uh, it's got those, like, we've got to save the youth center vibes, but without the same, like, <laughs> exactly. You know. But it's like, yeah. I can get it's behind not that a one. youth center, it's a college, and colleges right. are, are scams to, you know, start people out with debt in life these days. I don't know. I like that back in the day, in like the 14th century when uh, colleges started, there was a much more direct understanding that the students were explicitly paying the people to teach them stuff. Mm -hmm. And you could dock your professor's salary if they were late to class or tried to duck a particularly hard question. Oh, see, now that now that I can get behind. Yeah, that really right? works for me. Yeah, I'm I'm totally in if it's like every class I'm like, here's your 40 bucks for this the lesson. Mm hmm. That would be great. You work for me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. You got to answer. You're staying as long as if I'm staying. I don't staying. learn anything. You don't get paid. Yeah, it's a money back guarantee. I love it. <laughs> so teach me chemistry or get out of here. <laughs> uh, I want to mention it's uh, some of the technical work here. Uh, as rough as some of it was, specifically some of these editing points that were stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, mm -hmm. In general, I, I thought, again, we keep moving into what I'll call, I'll just call more modern cinematography. A lot of, a lot of nice moves, mm -hmm. like a lot of, lot of nice camera work happening here. Yeah, I think this one looked nicer overall and was more engaging to watch than the computer wore tennis shoes. I mean, like the invisible car chase scenes and stuff were pretty good. Yeah. yeah. The effects even where in the dune buggy, uh, where she's sitting passenger and the thing just takes off from the mm -hmm. red light or whatever, and there's no one in the driver's seat. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I know that there's yeah. it's probably someone <laughs> under the seat or, or, you know, whatever, driving. And I was like, hey, that worked. That was good. Mm -hmm. um, the Anything that had to do with green screen, uh, just even it stands even today, like a movie made today right now. Uh, it will not hold up. In, in five years mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. And this is true. The scenes in this movie that have any kind of green screen are notably darker and bluer mm -hmm. for some yeah, reason. It's not even mm -hmm. just the like the editing or the quality of the computer imaging. It's like they look different and stand apart from the rest of the movie because yeah. they had to shoot them in like, I don't know, some kind of different warehouse or something. So sure. they had a different lighting setup or something. I don't know why the the color and the like tone changed so much, but it did. It was very clear every time you were like going into a CGI shot. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> what are they, are the feet running away? What's happening in this one? It's like, oh, it's mm -hmm. only half of a man. Got it. Whatever. Uh, which was basically the last five or six scenes of the entire film. We're all yep. much darker, <laughs> lower quality than the rest. But that's, a, that's like a, a kind of small thing. I really like the score they keep kicking in. Whenever the hijinks mm -hmm. are ensuing, it's like it's a real catchy tune. Mm -hmm. I like that one. It was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I, you know, technically, I like where we're going. You could see that we're getting there. I'm looking at mm -hmm. our list and I'm like, we're so close. We're, we're so, so close. close. <laughs> so close. Yeah. It does reinforce my belief, though, one of my strongest held beliefs about filmmaking this movie, that you should do everything you possibly can practical effects. Oh, yeah. Build stuff. Build the environment. It always holds up better. 
it always gives the actors word to go with. It's why movies like Jurassic Park or Alien are still like, could have come out, you know, today. There's no looking at those movies and being like, oh, well, this scene's bluer. They definitely were doing green screen <laughs> in this one. Yeah, they, they certainly have a timeless uh, look to them because of that, which is mm-hmm. really, really nice. Do we have any other specific thoughts here about now you see him, now you don't? Not really. Uh, I just have a question for both of you. Yeah. Because I've kind of said my viewpoint. I feel like with it being almost exactly identical beat for beat, (laughs) if people are just going to watch one of the two we've seen so far, do you recommend the Computer War 10 issues or do you recommend now you see him, now you don't? Hmm. That's a good question. I like that one. Like, not talking about it in context of the rest of Kurt's movies, but just, if they're only going to watch one of the two, which do you suggest? I would probably go computer for this one. Uh, but it w- it's close. Like, mm-hmm. I think either one would work, but I kind of just like the conceit of the computer or tennis shoes a little bit better. Like, this... He was working on this solution and then lightning struck over. Let's be clear. Mm. Lightning strikes both times to as the <laughs> yes, inciting it is incident. Lightning. <laughs> lightning is the main character of all of these movies. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say, I think there's a. The only reason anything happens story is lightning. Sure. Happening yeah. with Dexter Riley's relationship to lightning. Yeah. Yeah. That He's like the son of Thor Zeus is or following him yeah. around or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I like that. The inciting incident uh, happens directly to him in the computer world. It's like affects him directly versus this uh, feels a little bit more throwaway. Like once he runs out of that solution, that's it for the invisibility. So I guess technically for the computer, too. But if he didn't hit his head, he might have been a computer for the rest of his life. I don't know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would go with computer on that one. I think probably Computer 2, because even though he was a little bit less likable in certain ways, I think Dexter Riley as a character feels more fleshed out in the first one. Like, that he feels more like a person. And this one, he's just running around all the time, and there's not really any character growth. Um, Mm -hmm. So, for that reason. Also, I really do think that the pacing was off in this one, that it got really bogged down in, like, a couple of parts. So, um, I would probably say... I mean, it also got bogged down in the computer war tennis shoes with the like montage of him going to the UN and watching a rocket being fired into space. And it's like, this has nothing to do with anything. Why are we watching? I guess. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's probably just as like screeching halt to the story. I just find golf more boring. So (laughs) (laughs) the difference between those two is that I think in computer because essentially like that montage of all of the stuff that Dexter was doing is the golf sequence of this movie. Yeah. But at least it was yeah. Kurt Russell in those sequences. Yep. Whenever they give this dean, dean more to do, <laughs> I don't like it. Like that guy is yes. he's agreed. True. He's great in Too much very dean. small doses because he's like this f- yammering, feels like he's always drunk on the verge of passing out kind of personality. And mm-hmm. I, I great. I, don't get me wrong, that's a that's a cool thing to establish as like this guy but when they give him the middle (laughs) the middle of the movie i'm like this is too much this is too much yeah or even the scene at the end where at the uh 
backyard yes. prize award ceremony for the like uh-huh. $50,000 science competition that yeah, happened. No, I had the, I had a problem with that too. That whole like <laughs> they talk about it like a gala and a you know, I expected it to be much more in like a gymnasium or an auditorium or something like the first one with the competition at the end where there's an audience and whatever and then this is like somebody's backyard. That's just like one of the producer's houses. He's like, we could film yeah. it at my place. <laughs> like, save <laughs> a couple some bucks. bananas in a cut glass bowl, and there you go. <laughs> bing, bing, boom, you got a gala. Right? Yeah. That's what I've seen at every single gala. <laughs> and you, you did have trays full of cocktails, like some pretty significant, that when the guy starts shaking. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was, there was more champagne coops <laughs> on that tray than people in the backyard. Right. Exactly. I was like, wow, these people are getting drunk. (laughs) But um, perfect. But even that whole scene where he gets hit with the invisible spray and he's walking around and it was too too long. Like you could his shtick. I agree with you works in like little bits. Um, And but it doesn't work when you prolong it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I did. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think the Dean works better in little bursts and little like, we're bucking your office. We're almost caught. We got to, you're coming in and judging all our science experiments and then you're gone, you know, Mm -hmm. works better. This is, that's the most interesting thing now to see what they end up, do they go harder? Because I I, I have not seen any of these films. So the strongest man in the world, is it going to be a balance or are they going to go harder on kind of this direction. That's um I'm actually a little bit curious about that. I, mean, I can't wait because it's not too we don't have to wait too long. It's only like two or three movies away. Yeah. And I actually don't think I've seen the strongest man in the world. I don't think I've seen the third one. So I don't know if I have or not. Um so I'm interested to see. I definitely I agree with you both. I think that uh the first one is still the one to see, even though I actually think that I enjoyed watching this one more because it was less slapstick. Mm-hmm. I thought that the whole like ladder scene and the like paint on the in the chase and the whatever, like all of that felt very cartoony to me. <laughs> And I was not into that. And this one is much more fun. The, like, chasing's more fun. The special effects are more fun. Um, I liked this one better as far, from, like, a... Like, a cast overall general perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think that mm-hmm. there's not... Dexter Riley isn't really, like, his own fully-fledged character in this. And he's not in it enough. Um, and he's in the first one for all of this stuff, like the montage and the, the things that break the story still have Kurt Russell being charming and enigmatic on screen. Yeah. So I will say I got a pro- major props to whoever's job it was to come up with things for an invisible car to crash through, to let people know what direction <laughs> it was heading. A lot of those were really well done. In my opinion, I was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I did not like the whole ladders and paint cans and spilling paint on the highway. That was, it was too silly for me. Sure. And I think this one had a lot more thought put into it and was funnier and was more technically interesting and advanced. And they did a good job with a lot of this stuff in the second movie. But I think that your main character being not in it for most of the movie is a problem. Which is one of the inherent problems of the Invisible Man story <laughs> in general. Damn Why it it's is. hard to adapt it to a movie is that you lose your main character. It's actually why I thought the Elizabeth Moss one that came out uh, last year was one of the better ones 
because they focused on Her. a victim of the Invisible Man yeah. instead of the Invisible Man. So you mm-hmm. still had somebody to be hooked into who wasn't literally not Gone. there for half of <laughs> yeah. the movie. Um, and while that movie had some flaws too, I do think it was easily the scariest adaptation of an Invisible Man by using like an abusive relationship as the... Um, like vehicle I didn't for the see it. The trailers stuff. looked amazing, though. It was it was easily my favorite adaptation of an Invisible Man movie. It still had some problems, but it was really good. And I do think focusing on her instead of the like eponymous uh, Invisible mm-hmm. Man really helped. You know. Yeah. Whitney, I'm I'm gonna get close to the microphone here and just it's on oh, it's on okay. plex it's on plex. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just wink, saying. wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Don't. It's all on the up and up here, folks. It's all on the up and up. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I think we I think we covered everything that there is to cover yep. about this movie. We left no stone unturned. I agree. No golf ball unshaken from a tree. <laughs> well done. Six holes in one or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, well, he scored like a 54 or whatever this was <laughs> I don't don't know much about golf, but I know that that is like an impossible score, I believe. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's that's great. And I I really think somebody would have intervened at some point when the ball was doing things that would be physically impossible (laughs) from one hit. And they were all just Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, this unorthodox swing. What a a wild trick shot. And it's like, no, there's an alien in there (laughs) or something like somebody speak up and say, this is incorrect. No, no. He, it's, he just put some English on it, you know, and he, he's like, yeah, just uh, that's all it was. I've seen that before. The green cuts so much to the left <laughs> that I can U-turn the ball. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's it. So we talked a lot about how these kids would save their school. Right. Mm-hmm. But what if your school was online? Oh, how convenient <laughs> would that be? Oh, my God. And you, yeah, got to do, you know, only the classes you were interested in. Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't feel like you were learning, you could just stop paying. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds great, doesn't it? It does. It sounds wonderful. I mean, if only such a service existed. I know. Uh, Andrew, where could I find (laughs) such a wonderful, wonderful service? It's Skillshare. It's Skillshare. (laughs) We've talked about this. God, is no one paying attention to me when I do this part of the show? (laughs) Uh, These are consistently the wackiest parts of the show, in my opinion. (laughs) These ad reads. And this is purpose-driven. This is purpose-driven. We do go off the rails. And we do allow ourselves to go off the rails. So don't come at me anymore telling me that these are too long. Not that that has happened, but... I was going to say, has that happened? <laughs> no, I'm just heading this off. Uh, <laughs> just heading it I off. See. Getting in front of it. Look, Skillshare, you can learn whatever you want. Uh, that's basically, <laughs> that's the pitch. I mean, really anything you want to learn. Whitney and Lindsay and Eric, and I think those are all the guests we've had on the show so far. Uh mm-hmm have not been able to name a thing that you can't learn on Skillshare. So true. they have 30,000 classes. Many of them are about close-up magic, as we've discussed in a previous episode. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh-huh. 
That is okay. It's great. This is the time to learn close-up magic because by the time you can get close up to people again, you might be good at it. I'm incredible. I think the logic That's a checks very, out. That's a good point. The logic <laughs> is truly flawless. Yeah, impeccable. <laughs> Sounds like someone took a class Thank on you. logic from Skillshare. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now I'm going to have to look up if they have logic classes. I'm genuinely curious. I bet. So... Every, yes, they do. I say this every day I go on Skillshare. It's actually part of the tabs that open up in my when I open a browser. I have like six or seven tabs that open up. Skillshare is one of them. I just browse what's on the homepage. So I like to do this every day and just see if there's something on there. I add it to my queue. It's just like Netflix. You could just add a bunch of classes to your queue and then watch them at your leisure, really. And mm -hmm. it's it's really nice. Today Take we have your own speed. Today we have unlocking your potential five exercises to build creative confidence. Who couldn't use a little bit of that, mm. right? I think everyone could use a little creative confidence. Yeah. What yeah. else do we got here? Plants at home. Uplift your spirit and your space. That guy, mm -hmm. the guy whose picture is on this class looks like the happiest mm -hmm. person I've ever seen. Truly. <laughs> this guy loves having plants in his He's house. He's uplifted his spirit. He really has. Space. I believe it just from the photo. <laughs> it's great. We also have still life photography, capturing stories of ev everyday objects at home. We're all at home. Why not capture some stories? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I use Skillshare all the time as a teacher and as a student. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. If you go to 12and24.com slash Skillshare, you could sign up with our link uh, and get 14 days free. If you decide to move forward, it's $15 a month. You can cancel whenever you want. But... During that 14-day free trial, you have access to everything on Skillshare. So you can learn as much as you want. You can take in as much information as your brain can actually handle. Mm -hmm. uh, so I recommend doing that. <laughs> it's, it's great. All the classes have outlines, and generally they have uh, what you can expect at the end. So if it's something like still life photography, it, it'll have an outline of here's what we're doing day one, two, three, or whatever. And then at the end, you will have XYZ skills. It's it's mm -hmm. great. And it's it's easy because you don't always get that if you're taking a college course, for instance. What am I going to walk away with at the end of this? Well, it kind of depends, yeah. really. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. So Skillshare is reliable that way. I, I really don't have anything else to say. 12and24.com slash Skillshare. Go do that. Right? Do it. Just check it out. Just do it. It's free. For 14 days. But yeah. free. As in beer. Yeah. Boom, best one we've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to try to get through this really quick. I don't know if you're looking at this Wikipedia article, but oh my God. I, probably there's a bunch of golf in the middle here that I can just skip over those paragraphs. <laughs> so we're back at Medfield College, just like the computer wore tennis shoes. Science mm -hmm. buff Dexter Riley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is he a science buff? <laughs> I already, I, I mean, we're he, five he words in. He does a lot of hanging out in the science lab for not being a science buff. Yeah, for people who don't seem to actually know any science, they spend a lot of time there. I legit thought that his, like, experiment was just a gag. Like, <laughs> I know that, like, like it was just, like, uh, they were like, oh, we got to try to get an experiment together for this contest or whatever. And he just chose the most outlandish thing he could possibly work on because he knew he would not complete it. That's the feeling that I got 
from it. But maybe he's a science buff, and I just, that wasn't conveyed to me. I would like to know his major. Yeah. Yeah. We don't I would know like what his major is. I would like to just say what Dexter's major is, because at this point, I really have no clue, and I've now seen two movies about him. I feel like I should know what his major in college yeah, is. It turns out it's like communications or something. <laughs> Liberal <laughs> arts. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> French poetry. <laughs> Cyber specific. It's like, what is he wasting all this time on invisibility for? <laughs> he doesn't need to take this class. What is he doing here? We're eavesdropping via a hidden walkie-talkie in the board meeting with the dean. These I don't know why these kids always decide to do this, but they do. Uh, the dean is discussing the small college's continuing precarious finances, as we've discussed. Later that afternoon, Professor Lufkin shows Higgins around the science laboratory where Dexter is working on an experiment with invisibility and another student, Druffle, explores the flight of bumblebees. I loved all of the Druffle stuff. <laughs> Druffle. <laughs> so, I loved even... the way that Druffle looked. <laughs> I like all of the bumblebee stuff. I like that he got bitten by a bee rather than stung it by a bee. Stung? Yeah. I love that his allergic reaction means that he needed a full body cast. And they did a homage to like the, the, the invisible, invisible man. man. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the, the bandages. All of, and yeah. the name Druffle. All of it. Every single bit of the Druffle stuff I loved. Druffle, he was a face that I recognized. And I looked it up because he was not credited highly. Because, again, he's only in the movie for like three minutes, maybe, tops. Uh, That's Ed Begley Jr., who... Yes, I thought it was Ed Begley Jr., but I wasn't sure. I know and love him from uh, Better Call Saul most recently. But but it's like, oh, I know Ed Begley Jr., right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because he had, like, very blonde hair. Yeah, it was frightening to see this person. But yes, so uh, Ed Begley Jr., shout out. (laughs) Well done, my friend. Nice cameo. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it. That night, during a powerful thunderstorm, the laboratory is struck by lightning, resulting in the destruction of Dexter's work. The next day, Dexter examines his burn equipment with dismay. Higgins, the dean, meets with A.J. Arno, a recently released prisoner. We don't know if it's related to the last film or not, whatever. Uh, He has purchased Medfield College's mortgage, which, crazy. When Dexter accidentally drops one half of his glasses into a container of his experimental formula, it appears as if the substance destroys them. But upon closer examination, Dexter realizes the frames are merely partially invisible. Oh, yeah. Can I say? (laughs) We gotta. We have to. If the reason that that you're turning, if how you're turning things invisible is a non-reflective fluid that like bends light particles around it, you would not be able to see through it. Like, if its whole function of invisibility was deflecting photons. I got so heated (laughs) when he put the glasses on. Nerds. And he was like, oh, they stay on my face. (laughs) It's a full set of glasses. But then the test that he does. Is cover his other eye. (laughs) Cover his other eye and read through the invisible side of the glasses. And he can read perfectly. And it's like, no, if you can't see through the lenses, they're not altering your vision. Well, yeah. If well, I mean, also, you could not see through something that was covered in a non-reflective liquid yes. that bent photons around it. So, either way, it is not fixing his vision. 
Whether yeah. it's invisible and it's pass it lights <laughs> passing through and like it's not correcting his vision in that way, or light is bending around it and it's not fixing his vision the other way. Either way, that was like all the rest of the invisible stuff I really thoroughly enjoyed. Just this one. But they could have found literally any other way to show it to you that like the it wasn't yeah. dissolved. I mean, I'm not it even, was invisible. Yeah, I'm going to get into the weeds of how like water really easily washes it off, but like rubbing doesn't and all of that kind of like science hooey. But the fact uh-huh. that because yes, I, you I'll should buy not be able to read through those glasses. Stuff. You yeah. should not read with those glasses. <laughs> All of the rest of it is, like, passable. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'll hand wave that. That's fine. You're yeah. telling me that I should believe you over science buff Dexter Riley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> over French poetry major. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's be clear. So yeah. there is that. There. <laughs> and it's Whitney and Lindsay had strong feelings. <laughs> It's the worst thing I could think of to prove that it was invisible and not gone. Literally uh-huh. the worst example because none of the science makes even like passing sense. The thing is, he didn't even have to uh, because remember he clinks them against. Yeah. He clinks the invisible yeah, parts. Which is a much better test enough. of their invisibility. Right. Yeah. There was the most practical effect that they did that was actually the most one of the most effective was when he fishes the invisible pencil out of the same thing and, and just opens it. the tongs yeah. and you hear a pencil yeah. hit the th- I'm like that's a, that's that was perfect. good and he should have written with the invincible pens invisible pencil that would have been way better than yes. the glasses I loved when the tongs were like hanging up and he squeezed the tips of the tongs <laughs> yes. together and it moved the handles of the tongs because that's very hard to to make that move the right way yeah. with like practical effects however they did it it was very talented and it paid off like it worked really well yeah you don't need to do the glasses thing just jump straight to the fingers the glasses made me so mad there were too many i think what we what we can learn about this movie is that there were just too many examples of things that's really what it comes down to they really leaned in i mean there were a lot of examples of things too many and yeah they still were super rash in sticking their human body parts in this mysterious (laughs) fluid i mean i get that i get that i'm the kind of person who would stick my hand into liquid that would maybe dissolve my hand not the whole hand i would just dip literally dip a pinky right like the the one i could do without something first. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I'm I'm one of the first people to be like, this makes you super smart. Give it to me and let's see what it does. Like, I'll be the guinea pig, no problem. That is totally believable to me because I am one of those people. You get the limitless I'll pill? Be like, I'll take that. I'll I think, take that pill. Exactly. <laughs> this makes my hand invisible? Let me stick my hand in and see. I'm definitely that person. What's the I do worst not that think of the consequences <laughs> of any of that sort of stuff. So that's realistic. Okay. Good. So we're th- all right. Yeah. If you ever ha- want to have me like drink some chemical or stick my hand in something, call me up because I'm your girl. We'll leave Whitney's phone number in the show notes. Just give her a call. <laughs> Just hit me up. I'll come over wherever you are and I'll drink your liquid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying and. <laughs> I don't want to ruin my microphone. Okay. Oh, my God. I can't read. I need to put invisible liquid on my glasses here. Okay. After several tests, uh, Dexter places his fingers in said liquid and they disappear. 
Schuler and Debbie arrive and are horrified to see Dexter with only a partial hand, but Dexter insists Schuler test the subject, uh, substance as well, admitting only afterwards that he does not have the antidote for it. Which is uh, fortuitous, because uh, just then Higgins brings Arno into the lab, stunning the students, as only two years earlier, Dexter was instrumental in exposing Arno's crooked gambling scheme! Yes! <laughs> okay, how do they know it was two <laughs> years earlier? I don't know. <laughs> Were they freshmen then? I don't think they ever say. That's part of the thing that, like makes it so out of time. I don't think they ever talk about like what year they're no. in or what class they're in or majors or anything that like would describe to you how old they are or what year it is. I I think they very like resolutely avoid any of that. So I'm very curious, is there a citation for two years later? No. Did they cite that? No. No. Okay. So that's someone making up stuff. <laughs> Wikipedia, you need better admin. Oh, I'll be editing this later. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Citation needed. <laughs> Arno's getting the tour. Uh, and Dexter and the others notice that Arno is actually more concerned with the campus architecture than Higgins' speech about why the college is so great. Uh, okay. During this scene, every, you know, uh, Arno goes to shake everyone's hand, and they have both dipped their right hand in the liquid. Uh, the dean has a very funny line. Which is it's a little it's a little on the nose, but I I, I laughed in spite of myself. Where he says, "What is wrong with everyone's right hand in here?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah, because just coming like, from very him, funny. just coming from yeah. that guy, that line works. Yeah. it was fun. Uh, he then suggests uh, if something's if they got something on their right hand, just wash it off, and they use water, and they realize that is the solution to uh, remove the invisibility, which is great, easy. Curious about Arno's behavior, Dexter convinces Schuler to use the invisibility formula to sneak into Arno's office that night. Despite several mishaps, the boys get inside Arno's office where they find a model of Medfield College redesigned as a gambling establishment. After taking photos of the model, the boys flee with Debbie's help. It was, it was a nice little, you know, we, we talked about it. That was really well done. That, that whole sequence was spot on. Yeah. The next day, Dexter shows the photos to Lufkin and Higgins, convinced, wow, there's a lot of names, Lufkin and Higgins, convinced that Druffle's Bumblebee study would draw attention and investments to Medfield. Higgins reacts angrily when Dexter assures him that his invisibility formula could win the top prize in the upcoming Forsyth Science Contest. Not having admitted to anyone that Medfield has been dropped from the contest for being too insignificant, Higgins contacts the contest's sponsor, millionaire Timothy Forsyth, and agrees to meet over a game of golf, despite his inability to play. Upon learning of Higgins' plan and suspecting it must be connected with raising money for the college, Dexter urges Schuler to volunteer as Higgins' caddy while, hidden with invisibility, he will take control of Higgins' golf ball. At the club, Forsyth and the State University Dean Collingsgood are amazed by Higgins' quirky golfing abilities, which include numerous hole-in-one shots, as is Arno, who is also at the club. What I will say, just to, this is the last time I butt in, I promise, you know, while hey, you're please, reading this. Please do. Uh, this is also, uh, extends sort of your incredulity as far as the science of everything. Uh-huh. This kid, Kurt Russell, is literally somehow picking these golf balls up out of the air. <laughs> As they're being yeah. he's sprinting and, to and wherever they're uh-huh. 
And kicking them? All or? of the, like... Well, the kicking them and stuff is all fine and fun. Like, I love when he kicks that other guy's ball slowly, but just fast enough that he can't get it into the sand trap. That was very funny to me. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is fine. But how does Kurt Russell get from wherever he is to a point where he can grab to a golf ball, ball out of the air? Which is going yeah. at a fairly high speed, even if it's like, even if you're not a good golfer, when you smack that golf ball, like, it's fast that will hurt and you would also see it stop in midair when he caught it but somehow he's running fast enough <laughs> and athletically enough to like yeah. jump and catch these balls but i, am I totally saw okay. that multiple times as well i am totally okay <laughs> with like buying into the reality of that uh -huh. and the science behind it not really working out and the like physics of it not really working out if they had just left the glasses thing alone <laughs> <laughs> you can't have both you can't have both. You can't have both. <laughs> if, I, if I'm if i going to be critical, then I'm going to be critical, you know? And if I'm not going to be critical, then you can't have the glasses thing. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So say I. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. After the game, Forsyth agrees to reinstate Medfield into the competition because, wow, their dean is a hell of a golfer. So let them in. Meanwhile, Arno accidentally sees Dexter becoming visible in the club showers and grows suspicious. Let me say, Dexter is not very, you know, considering he's discovered something amazing, is not very cautious about uh, the whole thing. No, no, no. They are very incautious and also they're very profligate with the use of this invisibility spray, considering that, like, they don't know how to make more. No, they don't. He had yeah, they, one. They spray it all over the ding dang place. Yeah. And lightning was the key. So it's not like, you know, even if he got the formula right, he's got to make lightning strike twice. But yeah, no, he's very nonchalant about everything. He's just like, like I'll ooh, pick up this cow, thing and make it float thing. in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sing a song while I'm doing this so everybody can hear me. <laughs> yes, of course. So here's the part that I think we all can agree was uh, just a little too much. I'm going to skip over. Local television news covers Higgins' extraordinary game of golf. He is invited to join a tournament in nearby... Some kind of crazy trick shot tournament or something like that. Yeah, in Ocean City. The long story short is Dean Higgins says, well, what I'll win from this tournament is way more than 50 grand. I'll just use the winnings from my uh, clear just skill at this Masterful game. Masterful skill, yeah. yeah. I'm a, he can't be beat. Uh, and it does not work out. Dexter doesn't get on the plane. So he doesn't go... This guy is convinced that all of these trick shots are actually his skill. It's not. Dexter can't go. And so he is immediately caught out yeah. as a fraud. It's great. You love to see it. And then 20 minutes of your life are gone. Mm -hmm. But by the time they get to the ocean, it swings back around. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know, you got to sit through, <laughs> yeah, you know, some pretty mediocre golf stuff. And then the joke gets good. Upon returning to the college, Higgins tells Lufkin that Druffle's bumblebee experiment is the school's last chance. Both men are stunned when Druffle appears swathed in bandages after being attacked by bumblebees, to which he is allergic. <laughs> Lufkin suggests that they give 
Dexter's unproven formula a chance, and the dean reluctantly agrees. That evening, Arno's henchman Cookie, disguised as a janitor, sneaks into the campus laboratory where he witnesses Dexter and Schuler using the invisibility spray and reports to Arno, who orders him to return and steal it. The following day, Forsyth and members of his committee arrive on campus to judge the best science experiment at the college. Unaware that their spray bottle has been replaced by Cookie, Dexter and Schuler make their presentation and are stunned when it has no effect. Forsyth and Higgins depart as Dexter remains confused until he chats with Charlie the janitor, learning there is no night janitor. Dexter realizes that Cookie likely stole the formula, including uh, concluding that Arno must be behind the theft. Dexter plants a walkie-talkie in his office. This is a, a, a throwback to every other uh, one of these movies and probably the next one. The walkie-talkie in the office in Flowers. A couple days later, Schuler overhears Arno plotting with Cookie to rob the Medfield bank by making themselves and the money invisible, which is great. I love a good heist. This is a great idea. Certain that if he could retrieve the formula before the Forsyth Award announcement that night, uh, he could still win the contest. Dexter sends Schuler to the police and goes to inform the bank's president, Wilford Sampson. When both the police and Sampson dismiss the boy's story about invisibility, Dexter and his friends gather outside of the bank. When Invisible Arno and Cookie knock out the guards and take the money, Dexter unsuccessfully tries to use a fire hydrant to hose the men down as they exit the bank. Samson contacts the police, who join the college students in a wild chase of the car driven by invisible robbers. <laughs> Last paragraph. I swear, team. I swear. <laughs> After a long chase, Dexter forces Arno's car into a swimming... Oh, uh, context here. Uh, at some point, they get out of the car and make that invisible, which is a great mm -hmm. idea. Probably should have went there from the beginning, but probably you know. should have started with an invisible car. Yeah, probably would have got away. He with even it. says like a a plain car, no one will notice when he knows that they have spray that turns things invisible. It's right. like, you know how someone could not notice a car if it <laughs> didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, they're invisible in the car, but they didn't think to make the car invisible. Uh -huh. Is <laughs> them the money, not the car. That was their downfall. If it weren't for these meddling kids. See, I, w I don't know if I would have been smart enough for the money. I mean, I'm sure I would have put it into duffel bags or something and then sprayed the duffel bags eventually. But I wouldn't have thought they're going to see the money coming out. Mm. Yeah. I, Until I was there in person, like confronting that part of the plan. I mean, this movie taught you something going forward. It if did. You happen Make to my money this. invisible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, after a long police chase with an invisible car which again was really well executed in terms of knowing where this car was going it, pretty much yeah. at all times. It was, it was nice. Yeah. You were never once like lost or confused as to what the action was, which is hard. Yeah. Like people in who make a lot of money making really great movies sometimes are not good at orienting you and orienting the action, especially when the action is invisible. And they did a really good job with it in this car chase. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Eventually, they force Arno's car into a swimming pool where it, the money, and the men become visible. So Arno and his henchmen are arrested. Dexter and the others dash to the presentation of the Forsyth Award and plead for one more opportunity to demonstrate their invention. Frustrated by Dexter's determination, Higgins intervenes just as Dexter sprays Schuler, And again, there is no result. And here's a little bit more suspension of disbelief. Realizing the dip in the pool has diluted mm -hmm. the formula. Dexter tries. So it's now time delay. 
that's of course of yeah course. he doesn't only become like kind of transparent he still becomes fully invisible just later and the chlorine did not kill whatever reactive thing is happening in this fluid it's yeah it's it just slowed it down <laughs> as, chlor- as chlorine does so just when higgins uh, tells everybody for the last time that invisibility does not exist the top half of him becomes invisible thus shocking the group and winning the top prize to save Medfield for another year. Everyone rides, all the kids leave and ride off for their next adventure, whatever that may be. The end. He becomes super strong. That's their next adventure. (laughs) In just two short years, he'll be super strong. But if it's already been two years since the last one. They're out of college, right? They're out of college in two years, right? I guess. Yeah. And maybe he's studying to be a doctor. Unless they're going for, like, I was going to say, unless they're going for graduate work. <laughs> Medfield graduate Yeah, college. what if they're all PhDs in science? I mean, I do not trust these people. If that's that, the case. That makes more things egregious here. Maybe that's why they care so much about saving Medford. Medford's the only school that they'll be allowed to give PhD in, in science. No one else would accept them. So... Uh, that, yeah, that's, uh, now you see him, now you don't. Uh, many episodes ago, maybe on our first episode, Whitney said that I would like this movie. Uh, and she was not wrong. So let me start off by saying, uh, in terms of recommendations, I would recommend this movie. I do like it. Mm-hmm. I do. I did think it was very charming, very funny. Uh, if you like the computer wore tennis shoes, this is another easy one to recommend. Not quite as yeah. not quite to that same level, but uh, just you know all the discrete pieces are here. Mm-hmm. How about you two? What are we thinking? Do you recommend this film? I do recommend this film. I think it's fun. I think it's a good family film. I think the special effects and everything hold up more, and it's less slapsticky. So I think it would even work for an older family audience. Um, because there's less mobsters getting their heads stuck in buckets or whatever. I mean, there's some of that here, but (laughs) less of it than in the first one. So I definitely do recommend it. I don't necessarily recommend it over the computer war tennis shoes, but I think that I'm probably more likely to rewatch this one than I am to rewatch the computer war tennis shoes. Okay. Okay. Lindsay, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I would say if you're in the mood for something kind of lighthearted and, you know, um, not, heavy investment of it you know that this is a fun you know this is a nice movie i would say yeah like i probably won't rewatch it uh anytime in the near future or anything uh but i do think it's you know yeah it's it's a i wouldn't uh yeah like i said it's lighthearted. if you're looking for something really easy going for you know an hour and a half then this is a good choice yeah that's yeah i would <clears throat> i would also say that i would i have no plans to ever revisit this film particularly ever again like no um but yeah i i did not i did not uh dislike the time i spent watching it which is Mm -hmm. again something we can't say about all the films we've watched so far about most of the films we've watched so far (laughs) most of them okay yeah now we get to the fun part uh where I'll start with Lindsay on this one because it's a very, I I feel like the choice is clear. (laughs) My list of two movies. Your list of two. Is this number one or is this number two? This is number one. (laughs) 
Okay. This is number one. This is definitely uh, more fun than the one and only genuine original family band. Narrowly beating Which it out. Just, I understand. Just to keep f- fresh in everyone's minds, the one and only genuine original family band is last on the list for both me and Andrew. It is our least favorite so far. So Whoops. that also holds true for Lindsay. Out of her two movies, it is also her least favorite. Yeah. The- <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I don't know if if when we pass movies that I've seen in Kurt Russell movies, like when you get past them in time, if I should add them to my list or not, or only the ones that I comment on. No, feel free <laughs> if you want. I mean, again, see, like if in this in our list here, Dan has gone ahead and added up until everything he's seen up until Guardians 2. Uh, so uh, if you want to add Computer War Tennis shoes or whatever, you know, feel free. You know, you don't have to have had yeah, a whole do hour. Do it on your own time. <laughs> you don't have to have taken an hour of your day to talk about don't it. Don't take up our air time. <laughs> Whitney, I'm curious. Just kidding. Yes. Maybe, maybe I'm I should. I'm also very curious. Maybe I should go first I think first you should go one. first. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at our list here. So mm-hmm. there's, for me, <sighs> all right. I, I feel pretty confident about this one. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Um, I yep. think I'm going to put this at number three. Oh my God. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> our lists are still identical people. It goes the computer wore tennis shoes and then Fool's Parade and then now you see him, now you don't. Yeah. Nine movies in a row we have the exact same opinion of. It's uh, a crazy... So weird. Yeah. Let me just copy paste my column over there. Now yeah, exactly. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. I cannot believe that it's still shocking to me that this is uh, mm-hmm. the case, but uh, again... We were so different by this point in the Keanu Reeves podcast in Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. We were so different nine movies in in our like top and bottom films. Much more agreement about your Kurt Russell choices. One hundred percent agreement so far. We are one hundred (laughs) percent in sync on the same page. (laughs) So it's wild. I don't want to say that it is canonical. However, I I might go ahead. I think that this is empirically the list. The list. All right. Print it, stamp it, mail it out to everybody. This is the list. Yeah. In the correct and universal order. (laughs) Uh, Listeners who who are new, who maybe have not come from Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, at the end of each season, we generally have what's called a reckoning where we get Mm -hmm. to make our lists right. So if we were yes. unfair with the passing of time with, you know, things that have stuck in our memory as better than they did immediately after the film, like if they've lasted longer, yeah. if they have, you know, more better legs in, in your memory or if you way overestimated and in retrospect gave it way too much credit compared to other films and you need to move it further down the list, that's... We we take a second to say where we've made mistakes and how we made them and and what should go above and what should go below. Yeah. And just rearrange our priority list of what people should see in what order. 
I don't think we're going to have a reckoning for this season. Yeah, it's going to be five minutes where we're like, it's all good. Yeah, your reckoning episode is like, yep, Yep. we did it. That's it. (laughs) Goodbye. I fondly recall uh, Evan uh, not reckoning at all with his choices. (laughs) So we're going to be a lot like Evan. I think that's the most I've ever liked Evan was when he was like, no, I was right. I'm sticking I, with it. Uh, yeah. Stand by all of these. That's, everything. Yeah. That full hearty son of a I bitch. I was like, damn, that's a man with conviction. <laughs> I mean. He's made his choices and he's sticking to them. I guess. I guess we could call it that. But <laughs> 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 So <laughs> that's great. That's all locked in. I am. I'm in a state of disbelief, but let's let's keep this ball rolling, I guess. Yeah. Carve it into marble because it is unchanging. It is the list. <laughs> we, we will see if this holds true next week. Uh, Whitney, mm-hmm. you'll be walking us through mm-hmm. a film called Charlie and the Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went, I keep Which a tab Which is legally here. distinct from Charlie's Angel. <laughs> right. We <laughs> cannot be sued. It is different. This is the angel, uh, singular. Uh, I went, I just reviewed my list here. No one has seen this. None of us have seen this. Uh, I don't know what it's about or who else is in it. So again, as always, as we get closer to the 80s, right? Cautiously optimistic. Mm -hmm. I like the direction the movies have been going. And it seems like Mm -hmm. based on Fool's Parade last last episode, uh, he might be bouncing back and forth between kind of not Disney things and then Disney things. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that maybe this might be the case where he's swinging the other direction. You know, I believe more adult this is roles. a Disney thing. Damn it. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of does sound like a <laughs> Disney thing, doesn't it? All right. I don't know that for a fact, but I think it's a Disney thing. All right. Well, we'll either see. way, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. We are getting tantalizingly close to escape from New York. Then we're on the gravy train, the Kurt Russell gravy mm. train. <laughs> mm. Also known as Mulletville. I am very intrigued about Escape from New York because of how emphatic you all were that I will really like it. Maybe you'll be on that episode. Wait, I know that. Hold on, I'll check into that. That might hold be a, on. somebody yeah, has dibs on that episode. That might be a big episode. <laughs> I would much rather have people. Uh, yeah, I think Eric has dibs on Escape from New York. Yeah, but I would love to hear well, maybe we, Lindsay maybe hasn't we seen it. Have a full yeah. Then I would love to have the perspective of someone who let's, hadn't seen it on. Let's just have a full house. Let's just have everybody in. I would do that for the big episodes. Who cares? Let's yeah. do it. Escape from New York party. <sighs> hey, I'll wear uh, your best leather go outfit. Go to twelve. And get on the computer. And talk yeah, about go it. to twelve and twenty-four.com or email us and send us audio about what you think, and maybe we'll include it. Yeah, definitely do that. And if that is, if Escape from New York is uh, on a platform that supports a watch party, then hell yes, we, we will, should definitely we, we will do, do that. that one. That's that is a yeah. perfect watch party film if I've ever seen mm-hmm. one. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot to look forward to in the coming episodes. Very exciting. Very mm-hmm. exciting. But this is the end of this one. So let's wrap this thing up. We did it. Another one in the. It's the best episode we have ever done. Every episode we do is the best one we've ever done. Correct. (laughs) We just keep getting better at this. It's crazy. (laughs) We are gods among men, Andrew. (laughs) I did not say that, but but 
I like the enthusiasm. I like the enthusiasm. I <laughs> have no problem saying it. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much uh, for accompanying us on this journey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. If people wanted to find and keep up with you on the internet, where would they look? Uh, they could look at Twitter, where I am as Lindsay Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. And there I will pretty much post anything else that I do, any, you know, other shows that I'm on. My podcast is called Historical Hotties, so you should go check that out. And uh, yeah, that's about it. You'll see a lot of gelato uh, on my ins- Instagram and Twitter as well. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfectly curated. I love it. Whitney, where can people find mm-hmm. you? Mostly here. Uh, mostly 12and24.com. Primarily. Um... But I am also on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. And I am on Instagram at Whitney Nelson with no underscore. But mostly, if you want more of me, you should seek out more content that we have made in podcast form. Yeah, that's that's if you like, 24. That's historic. If you like hearing me compare myself to a god amongst men, then <laughs> listen to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. <laughs> And historically hot as well. Also, uh, some back yes, episodes. Every hot is, many is back episodes. All back episodes of that. Many, 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 many episodes of that. I yes. Mm-hmm. You you've cast your net far and wide in the podcast world. So there mm-hmm. you go. We have a chemist episode of historical hotties. If you want to hear about people who other people we, doing chemistry, because this movie got you in the mood for chemistry. <laughs> If this movie was the thing that got you in the mood for chemistry. In the mood for chemistry, yeah. I'm with you, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Then clearly you need to know more about chemistry. So you should go. That's true. You didn't let me finish that sentence. But do we We really need to say if this got you in the mood for chemistry, you need to be better educated is not something you can just say to people. No, I was saying let's be friends. The person who just declared themselves a god. Just when I'm amongst men. Just <laughs> fair, fair, fair point, fair point. When she's home alone, very mm-hmm. mortal, very right. regular when I'm all alone. But put me in a room full of men, and then I am a god amongst them. It's your superpower. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me across the internet at Dark Driving, Twitter and Instagram are the best places to do that sort of thing. And then also on the Discord. Also on Skillshare. And Skillshare also. Take Find a Andrew on Skillshare. Take his class. I'd be willing to wager that if you took my class on Skillshare, you would have been able to make the invisibility edits in this movie better. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Technology is mm-hmm. a lot better <laughs> these days, but still, there mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Do that. And then join us on Discord. We're all on there. Mm-hmm. It's great. Do that. We're talking about what? The Snyder Cut? We are talking about the Snyder Cut. Mentioned. I don't. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of non Keanu, non Kurt Russell stuff. Yeah. TV shows to watch. We're getting updates on listeners watching with their moms, which is adorable. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's really a little bit of everything on the Discord. I know. Come join us. Highly recommend. Come on. What are you waiting for? Just download it on your phone. You got your phone. Just do it right now. Come and play with us, listener. Yeah. Forever and ever and ever. 
like the energy of this episode. It's like <laughs> I got a couple. I'm, very, I'm feeling very like argumentative or something. I don't know. I'm hot. <laughs> I'm hot under the collar today, and uh, I think it's transferring into the podcast. It's good though. It makes I've laughed a little bit very confrontational. hard. Hey, I've left to crying on this episode like twice. So there you go. <laughs> All right, let me, I don't want to make the mistake and play the, I guess I could play the Is He Hot in This One good, song again. Good but. work to us and congratulations to you for hearing us and the podcast is over. Yeah, we were quick like lightning, slow like chlorine. <laughs> So I'm going to just press the button. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. Thank you all for joining us. And in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. Whitney, I'm going to make you do one of these one time. Okay. That'll be interesting. I'm going to make you teach a class and then also learn a class. Yeah. I won't make you do it. I mean, I would, you do whatever you want to do, but. Yeah. I don't know what I would teach, but I'll figure it out. We talked about it on one, a couple I'm episodes back. You're building a personal brand or whatever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I do have a very strong online brand. See? There yes, you go. it's true. So, there you go. It's do it. just be really loud and annoying about the things that you like until everybody knows that you like them and associate them with you. Boom. Which, I did it. That's a class. <laughs> Which is why we still get Keanu Reeves links sent to us almost daily. It's incredible. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Apple News. I love it too. Apple News has... <laughs> moved Keanu Reeves to the top of the algorithm for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, sure, Biden's doing something, but w- look what Keanu's up to. He's getting yeah. ice cream. He's getting Keanu ice cream. Ate, I was just going to say, he ate an ice cream cone again. Don't you want to know about that? Yes, I yes, do. Yes, I do. <laughs> look how many angles of photos we have of this ice cream uh-huh. cone. My man loves it. It's just vanilla. It's Great. I was say, they never tell me what flavor he's eating, which is be the real interesting part. Right. Oh, of course, right? Then you you could make a, a Keanu Reeves gelato, maybe. What would mm-hmm. that look like? I don't know. That's your what job. I'm like? just, I'm, I, it was more of a rhetorical <laughs> question for me. What would that look like? <laughs> I'm not trying to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right. I'll brainstorm. Yeah, hang on, though. Hang on, though. I just want to ask, what's Will Ferrell's favorite gelato flavor? <gasps> I was gonna say, you're asking me, or because like, yes, he really I'm likes asking the banana you. He buys chip. banana chocolate chip. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. You could say we have the inside scoop. Badoomch. <laughs> <laughs> he also likes the salted maple caramel, but the banana chocolate. Oh, uh, who chip doesn't? Is a, the favorite. Uh, people without taste buds. I just had <laughs> a bunt cake. With in that flavor, and it was like the best thing I've ever had. It was like the best cake I've ever had, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was well, incredible. Salted maple caramel is like if the shop has a signature flavor, it's that. Like we sell more of it than it was a seasonal fall flavor once that was so popular. I've never been able to take it out of the case since. So <laughs> perfect. All right, there you go. It's a winner. So you learn stuff. Also, 
Now you can talk about the plot of this movie. I just, while we were talking about celebrities and favorite ice cream flavors, I was like, let's ask a person who actually knows a celebrity's favorite ice cream flavor. I know. <laughs> How often does a podcast get the throw to that? I would never. I, <laughs> I would wager I've never. I've not heard also. it, and I listen yeah. to a, a frightening number of podcasts. There you go. There you I go. I posit that no one has ever had that <laughs> on a podcast. First, I'm gonna I'm calling Guinness after In as soon as we history, hang up. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> a first. <laughs>